Hello fellow lolsters, welcome to the next episode of Hello Love of Literature and today we have with us Ms. Lovelace Cook. Um, being a podcaster herself, she's also becoming an author very soon and I'd like for Ms. Jainthi to give a formal introduction of Ms. Lovelace. Welcome Ms. Lovelace. Yes. Lovelace Cook is a storyteller, writer, podcaster and an audiobook narrator. That's very interesting. I must talk with her. More on that. She works in, uh, she worked in New York, is it NYC for magazine uh, publishing and television. And she worked on feature films in Los Angeles while attending film production and screen writing classes in UCLA and uh, American Film Institute. She traveled through and lived in India. Oh, how long? Southeast Asia and the UK from 2013 to 2016. Three years, that's good. The books, authors and films she discovered <clears throat> influenced podcast Bollywood and books and her misadventures on the road, traveling like a 20-year-old on, on a gap year, inspired her novel meet me in mumbai uh, oh. good to have you we are excited we've been thinking of what to ask elwa i mean uh, lovelace and all that so over to danya for the first question we believe in the first question uh so miss lovelace um how has it been transitioning from um you know being uh, into the industry of publishing and filming to podcast and why podcast? You know, I in in the publish I was on the business side of publishing, sales promotion, and in the film industry doing script revisions on feature films and studying feature films. But during the pandemic, um, I decided I wanted I had been influenced by another podcaster, Joanna Penn, P E N N, who is just terrific and i when i was out on an assignment a disaster assignment i was driving a lot and i listened to her and i thought you know what i mean i'm working on this book and i need a podcast you know i need i need to be able to at least start to attract some attention before the book is finished okay. so i learned how to do um audio recording and editing during the pandemic and then uh, that's that's how the podcast. Once I learned how to do the the audio recording and editing, then I could launch my podcast. I knew what I wanted to do. Um, a little background. Would you like a little background? Yes, please. On, yes, please. Yes, on the podcast, it is the idea for the podcast Bollywood and books came from my travels and discovering books, having actually having time to read in India, which I did just, it's difficult sometimes to find the time, but it's a luxury to be able to sit down and read a book uninterrupted or to be on a train. And so I found that in India, I had time to read. And I, I um, after traveling the first, was it the first time, maybe it was this, I, I've lost track of time. I, wanted to do a presentation at my library and I did in 2018 which I called a literary journey through it through India mm -hmm. um, and it's it, and it really I started with Ian e. Forster's book A Passage to India and kind of went through a a um, hundred years of literature that reflected on from colonialism to to Gandhi you know to freedom to just all of the transitions, like um, Arundhati Roy, which is the let's see, the God of Small Things, which <laughs> I'm, I read when I was someone gave it to me in Kerala, in Varkala, actually, Varkala. and and I started thinking about, um, you know, just actually to to Arvindadiga, which I when I read White Tiger, which I loved, and then his most recent book is I think Amnesty which is about, which actually ties back into Ian Forster's book with, with 
the character. So that's that was the presentation I gave at the library covered a whole lot of territory, but in a limited way, in a sense, and just an arc from from Ian Forster to Aravinda Diga. And I thought, well, okay, to get to the to the um to the title of my podcast, I thought a literary journey through India is just not gonna hack it, you know? <laughs> Bollywood and books is gonna get attention and it's short and it's, it's sweet it, it, and for, for for youngsters it is uh, India is Bollywood. Bollywood is India, synonymous, right? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Very I, mean, I, I have not been, and I thought you know it's a it's a literary romp through India where you know meet me at the corner of uh, Patchouli and Chai, yeah. where I just started to the my intro is like meet me at the corner of Patchouli and Chai. So, do you um, watch uh, Bollywood films? That is just a casual question. The other one I wanted to ask was. <clears throat> The audiobook, how did the interest come and how did you begin? Do you share with us? Because right. that's going to help many of the aspirants. Yes. I um, First of all, I think that the number of people who listen to audiobooks worldwide is huge. And I think people are more listening more and more. Just, But I, um, I decided... Because people were enjoying listening to my recorded voice and people in my podcast groups and, you know, just the um, cohorts who are involved in podcasting would say, well, you ought to be narrating. I could listen to you all day. I could, okay. you know, you ought to narrate an audio book. I thought, well, okay, you know, <laughs> why not? Maybe, maybe I can develop an income stream. So I, I, um, I just, I had an opportunity to record a book, which is called um, Such a Woman, The Life of Madame Octavia Walton Levert. She was in the 1800s. She was living in the 1800s. And I don't know if this is a long, this is too long a story, but um, in, she was, she supported the union during the civil war. And in our, in our country, the civil war between the North and the South, she lived, she lived in Mobile, Alabama, which is across the bay from where I live. And she was quite a, a gregarious person. So basically what I did was narrate the book, which was had been written by a researcher at the University of South Alabama. It was pretty heavy researched, um, heavy with research. It was not really narrative nonfiction. It was it was a essentially a biography with a whole lot of research. So, you know, I I had actually I had to explain to the publisher because it was the, his first. He publishes a lot of small uh, authors around here, but he didn't understand that I couldn't just flip the pages of a book and read and record because with a mic you've got to have. Uh, anybody who's a musician knows if you're recording, you have to have certain. You know, you don't want the extraneous noises. You don't want someone's lawnmower or, or dog barking or the taxi, you know. the, the Soundproof um, environment, yeah. More or less soundproofing. But I, I, um, it was difficult. It was a difficult project because there were a lot of quotes from the 18, from books and newspapers in the 1800s. Okay. And our writing style has evolved. I'm sure the yeah. same you know, because I, if I watch early Bali, early Indian cinema, yeah, the yeah. style has changed so much to the, what it just, is today. Yeah, exactly because of the language, the use of language, and um, yeah. so you know, recording it's it's um, it's hard work. Yes. And I I did actually talk with someone yesterday at lunch after we have a. a monthly writers meeting here in town and went to lunch and he was they were talking with me about um recording one of his books so oh, you, you, know, you no 
you i know you what you mean like you have to have a quiet environment any extra noise and how did you do it uh, did you do in a studio uh, recording studio or at home uh, mm. how did they clean the audio did they do that and is is this, is this book uh, there for uh, listeners good yes. question yes to a lot of the things first of all i to make i am recording at home i have more or less a home studio okay. which i i kind of close it off okay. um because of the recording equipment i have and also some plugins i can this is more technical but i can um keep the sound at bay basically okay. I, I have a rug on the floor i have you know draw the curtains so that there are a lot of um, sound absorbing yes. things in, in my room and also the mic, the microphone makes a difference. It's not picking up a whole lot of extraneous noise. One of the tips that I had and I will was I had to get an iPad mm. because to scroll, you know, I mean, when I'm when I'm reading, I can't flip the pages of a book, mm. scroll and read okay. and you're it and i think that a lot of people use an ipad in a in a studio um one thing that i would see i mean you can record in a closet and people make you know pillow forts i mean you know just where you've got under a under a, a blanket and with pillows anywhere that you know that would get hot really quickly so i don't think you could with the time it takes to record an audio book that that would yeah. I, th yeah. I think yeah. but the book that book particular book is out on on audible and, okay. and the book is available also that you can listen to a five minute clip of of the uh, of the book so that's you know i i want to narrate my own book and i want to narrate others books because okay. i see that for me as an income stream okay. you know, down the road right now i'm still in the early days so I can't charge what people charge. But <laughs> I know, I know. In terms of getting rid of any any background things, I did a lot of editing, okay. uh, a lot of myself, just to try to to get clean it up and to clean it up so that the author and could listen to it. I wanted her to check to listen to every single chapter of the book. When you record an audiobook, this is probably too much information, but you record okay. by chapters okay. and you're putting it on Amazon or, or Audible. You record one chapter at a time, and that's how you up you upload it to amp to Audible. Um, but I wanted for her to double check it. She wasn't as she was not as kind of, I guess, as much of a perfectionist as I am, which is a flaw, but, you know, mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure uh, every single word was there or if she'd made mistakes but in the manuscript, which there were a lot of, okay. her, she had an editor who didn't oh. edit the book. Oh, and okay. They were very well. And so there were a lot of mistakes okay. and that, that can throw you. When you're ah reading. yes, it can be speed breakers. I understand. It, it, stop, it stops you completely when you're yes. narrating. And, and so you have to. Do you read once and uh, mark with pencil uh, so that you when you actually record it's better? Do you do that? I I um uh, I marked in the uh, on the um, actual manuscript with, on on the iPad where okay sure. I, I, beforehand, I read. Yeah. I went back and read before I recorded each chapter because, mm. because I knew I might come across a sentence where the author had used two different names for someone. I mean, oh. you know, the first and last the, the, just spelled it differently, and things really small things like that. And I, I realized, you know, she needed someone else else to really prove this to to ensure its accuracy That's but right. but in in term i did actually at the end of the day i was i got to the point where i had worked on it so long 
and so hard. I thought, you know what? I'm I'm over this. I've had enough of this. <laughs> and the problem, the problems with this particular book. I learned a hard lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but I I actually um, I did at the very end. I sent it to to someone on Fiverr to just clean up the last things and get it ready for Audible. Mainly because I didn't want to take any more time. I needed to get back to my own writing, and I'd taken mm-hmm. time on it. But there are people who can help you yeah. out there, can do the whole thing. I mean, they can take yeah. take new script and um, and so how edit. do you see how do you see the future of uh, print books and audio books, uh, which is going to overtake uh, the other? What, what in your perspective? Can you share with us because you have your experience? First of all, I really hope and pray that people continue to buy books, print. (laughs) I like I like books that I can hold, you know, in my hand. So I'm hoping the sales have are have been going up and down because I I look at from Publishers Weekly how things are going, and I think sales in other countries may be better sometimes than in the U.S., um, especially sales of books went up during the pandemic because people were at home. They were reading more. Now, I think that we're seeing because of the cost of printing, the cost of paper, the cost of printing, um, just finding paper, it's getting more expensive. Because the world is uh, getting more in, uh, environment conscious, right? And uh, they want to save on the trees, uh, the raw material for the paper, right? Well, that's that's one part of it. The other is that um, a scarcity, you know, in the in the in the supply chain. Like I think ever, I I think that's global. I don't think it's just you know where you can't find things on the grocery shelf because. It, it's not in stock or you can't get a part for a computer or a part for a car. Um, yeah. Yeah. So because you've been on the marketing side of the publishing industry, has it helped you uh, write a book or which is based on the trends of the market? Like, like, did you understand the pulse of like what the readers would like to read and did you write a book? Like, because I know you are still the, it's, it's, uh, it's not, published yet and it is, the manuscript is but ready though. Uh, I mean, has it helped you in polishing the manuscript, making it more uh, saleable, you know, aligned to the trends? trends <laughs> yeah. First of all, thanks. A wonderful question. <clears throat> no, I'm not following the market or the trends, writing what I want to write. I think if we're true to ourselves, this is personal opinion. I think if we're true to ourselves, we're not trying to emulate what's going on in the market. Yeah, um, we, we believe that too. I think that we, in in a sense, have a responsibility to, maybe it's one person out there who needs to read that yes. book. Yes. My book is not for everyone. <laughs> I know. It's not. It and is. I can tell, by some of the beta readers I had, it was like, why are you talking about a squat toilet in India? And I thought, because I hadn't experienced it like that <laughs> on a train. So, you know, there was... <laughs> did, you, did you get an Indian beta reader? Did an Indian read? I ha- You know what? I've asked uh, two people, two Indian, one, you know, one Indian American author and also, Surabi Kaush. Okay, okay. To read because I wanted to make sure I was culturally sensitive. Okay. Well, I did not want because of my ignorance. So, what did they say about your writing? Well, I, first of all, they I it should have been ready in July, but because of health issues, things just got. I'm going to, I hope, have an an ARC, an advanced reading copy, ready. Mm-hmm. In early January to give to some people. I'm going to a conference and I hope to send it. Vina Rao, who wrote Purple Lotus, is one of the people I asked to, and she's got a, 
a newspaper, NRI Pulse. It's part of the Indian um, community in Atlanta. So I asked Veena and also Sarabi to read it for cultural sensitivity. They have read it? Not yet, but okay. they are going to. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, because, because uh, you started a podcast before you started writing the book, has the podcast helped you in improving your writing or like given you tips to like how to approach a particular subject, like the insights of an author has, have they helped you make the book more attractive publishers? Have you, what are you take from the podcast because they're about books and Bollywood? The, I developed the podcast as a marketing tool, actually, <laughs> to and to gain an audience of people who might turn into readers if they liked what they heard, you know, my interviews or re read the blog on the um, on the my website. I hoped that that would be. Um, this is this is kind of how I see it, and Danya, and it's I wanted to establish myself as a brand, and if I'm if I have a wheel and there's spokes coming out from the center, I want it to be the brand with the podcast as one part of the brand and just, um, you know, the book as another, because I, you know, it's, I, there are other things I want to write. I think about things in the business sense, but coming from the business side of, of uh, publishing because I was in magazine publishing. So I look at what can I do? And I don't, I don't use all the social media. I, a lot of the, the right, the people, my audience, a lot of my audience is on Facebook. Some are, are using Instagram. Um, so that's, you know, I look, I've transitioned. Sorry, I'm going off on a little tangent there. I don't know that the podcast itself has improved my writing. Okay. But but it has certainly, <laughs> I started watching, I mean, just Netflix thinks that I'm in India, I think, because they're just, all the Indian movies come up because I watch Indian <laughs> cinema. <laughs> I've I've watched RRR three times. I love it. Okay. Oh, it's fantastic. The, it's the actors. It's, it's extraordinary. I mean, you know, it's everything you want in a film. Um, <laughs> Between dance and action and fantasy. And it's entertainment, right? And absolutely. You know, people say that the book really starts to take shape. The, your manuscript becomes a book when you edit. You know, the first draft, I, I've, I'm learning now not to be a perfectionist and not to try to edit when I write. But because, and, and because I wrote for business, I had to write really lean copy. So I, I got to the point where I was editing things all the time and you get stuck. You can work on chapter one for months, weeks, years. So I decided, you know, go ahead. Let's it's it. Ha I have actually spent years working on the, on this because it, it came from actual travel. Um, but I am now trying to cut it back a good bit just to try to make every word count. I, I'm not, one thing that I've learned through a, a course called Story Grid, I don't know, Sean Coyne and um, Tim Grawl, I learned about looking at what's called in each, essentially in each scene, and the scene is not necessarily a chapter, but to look for, okay, what are the, what are five key elements and from an, an inciting incident, what's happening here to um, essentially uh, just complications, progressive complications where your your character has to face something and then face a, essentially a crisis. They have to come to a point where what's the decision they're going to make to move to the next, next step and then um, to come to a climax of they've made this decision now they're going to have to live with it and then they get to a resolution so ideally i've tried to do that where it's not like a cliffhanger but it 
provides continuity in it and to make sure that the story arc that I'm working on has, there is an arc, that there is a story. Um, but editing can be really hard. I, you know, I mean, I'm right now doing what I call, would call line edits rather than a huge developmental edit. I'm looking at each sentence and a paragraph and saying, can I make this leaner? Because my book is in four parts. It takes place in, in different places. Um, also, I have, I use a certain technique that I learned in the film industry to, that, to help me write, to help me keep on track with what's happening in this scene and this scene and this scene in this part. Um, I, to, it might be just to write a sentence about it. If I, when you're writing a screenplay or when I'm writing out the beats for a screenplay, I, I will on one side of the of a page write, okay, this happened here. And then on the other, I'll start writing and just, just write, write, write. So it's not, you know, but to try to follow some continuity. And you're absolutely right. No, I, I don't do line edits. I, I have not been doing line editing until now, which is getting ready to for publication, looking at where's the where's the fat, you know, what where can I get rid of some of this, just make it leaner so that it's not so wordy. You know, I don't I I want to leave in the words that people want to read. I can't remember work ready for screen. Have you thought of that? Actually, yes. I was in a writing class in 2017 with a group in London called the Curtis Brown Creative Group. And when I talked about the book, there was a people all over the world were, were taking the course. And there was someone in, in L.A. who said, you know, you're going to you're going to pitch the movie before you ever yeah. finish. Because it does, it does lend itself. It's it's to visual, and that's I. I used to be a newspaper photographer, and I see that when I write, I try to capture picture, picture essentially the picture, and bring someone to India, and that's what or to Cornwall, which is another another area that that the book takes place in. Um, I'm trying to get, um, you know, this is, I'm, I'm going to be talking at a conference in January okay. and there's, there's, there's a producer director who's going to be there talking to. So I want to have my book. I mean, I want to have an, an advanced reading copy ready so I can just say, yeah, this is my book. <laughs> so this is actually a promotion, a promo postcard that I oh, asked. Yes, this young man in Estonia, seventeen-year-old um, mm. school student designer, mm. who signed a promo postcard for me, mm. and it's it actually meet um, me, uh, you, you know you meet me in Mumbai can be a Bollywood movie also it becomes or it can it can be a Hollywood movie also. Yeah, I'm already thinking. Yes, we are going to watch this in Netflix. Okay. There's, there's a wonderful. Well, you know, it it because most of it, it most of it centers around travel in India and some of the hard the hardships of of someone who's 63 traveling like she's 20 years old, which is which is a real uh, a challenge, and that's that's what actually. Um, formed the just the whole point of the story. I wanted to encourage people who were my age to not. And you're so young, Danya. You know, you, you're not there. Probably don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but I wanted to encourage people to just get out of their comfort zones. It, you know, when you're coming to retirement in life, it's not the end. It's just another chapter. It's just another opportunity for growth. What can you do? You don't you don't have to go and stay in a treehouse on the beach in India with no running water. You don't have to do that to go get out of your comfort zone. I did, but I, you know, I lasted eight days in the treehouse, um, which was really kind of crude. And you know, there were palm fronds roofed and rats running around and a single. It was it was pretty horrible. Um, 
<laughs> now, eight, eight days in the treehouse was sufficient. It, you know, I can I describe that. Um, I just wanted to encourage people to just get out of a rut. That's that's really started the started the whole the whole process where I said back in 2011, I think it was, said, mm-hmm. you know what, my life is boring. What is happening? I used to be an adventurous person. I used to travel. I used to do all these things. Where have I gone? I thought, okay, so my birthday's coming up. My birthday wish is like, I'm going to ask the universe to help me get out of this rut. Well, <laughs> it's really important to be specific when you ask the universe to hand you something. So, you know, I'll I'll know later on. So what the universe brought me was an opportunity to travel in India and that was one part one of of the book which is in it i'm trying to kind of create like us there's there's stories within this story it's not it's not a short story but you could almost take each part of the four parts and create a novella mm-hmm. or something you know i just so you were asking about editing about the story and that's um i wanted there's a young man in in uh, in Delhi, New Delhi, Vishash Assad, whom I've interviewed, and he is he is just really cool. I didn't realize when I interviewed him that his dad had been um, had been a di- director in Bollywood in Mumbai, like for years, thirty years. Ooh. So he and he teaches. He's a photographer. He's a visual, visual artist. He's a dancer. He he thought he was going to be you know, a Bollywood dancer. So I, I thought, oh gosh, I would love to have him come and consult because he's got all these these wonderful, wonderful, talented students from, from a fashion institute in Delhi who are dancing and just doing all designing clothes and doing all these incredible things. So I, you know, would I love to have this filmed and take place in India and um, in England, in, in England, which is one part of it, and also back in India, um, and in in uh, Southeast Asia, which is the fourth part of the book. So it where exactly is in Southeast Asia? Where is it? Where exactly? Uh, the, it, if it starts out in Thailand, oh, goes okay. to to Cambodia, uh-huh. um, and then Vietnam, and uh-huh. back to back to Thailand. Okay, so you missed Singapore. <laughs> I missed Singapore. And I need to go to Singapore. I thought there are places to have tea in the world. You know, they're wonderful hotels where you like you really want to have tea. Um later on I went I actually lived in Bangkok in 2016 for six months. And I went to Myanmar to Bagan. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I I um I, that's another that's that's if I ever write the fifth part of the story which is really totally the end of it that will be that will be part of this you know the journey the solo journey um but I was not traveling alone when I was in India I was traveling with someone with an Englishman who um we call it sheep in the US <laughs> People in, in, in England call it mean. Somebody who didn't want to spend any money travel wanted to travel as inexpensively as possible. <laughs> so, so instead of staying in a hotel overnight, to, you know, before you travel like from New Delhi to McLeod Ganj, you get on an overnight bus and travel in the middle of the night. But lots of times like or a train, you know, third class sleeper. Which ended up on the on the top berth, this third class sleeper, which is you're, you're I'm you know I'm baking at 350 degrees. There's no fan up, there. so you know I am climbing up the ladder to get up to you, the third. You wanted adventure. You had I it. it. <laughs> I you know things would happen on the train where even. I, the second time to India, you know, I, I insisted actually when I wanted to travel from Trivandrum to Calcutta, not understanding 
not understanding on a train that 54 hours on a train is a long, long journey. <laughs> and people, I was like the oddity, you know, I would get off the train in, in certain towns and people would just stare at me. And, and there was a, we were in a two AC train. So there was, there was air conditioning on this particular train. There was also, um, there were also blankets that had bed bugs. So um, I got, I'm allergic to bed bugs. I didn't know that. So I looked like I had leprosy and ended up having to go to a hospital in Varanasi, you know, where the, where the monkeys are all over the place. They're really a lot of monkeys. <laughs> no, on the, the Ganges, I did not, I did not intend to go to a hospital in India, but it was amazing, an amazing experience. Um, the, the cost to see a dermatologist, they had to wait until a, a woman doctor came. I had to wait. So people were wonderful. Um, but traveling on the train, you know, I, people would like, there was a curtain between it that was kind of falling apart. It had a little bit of Velcro and it had some safety pins kind of holding it closed. But these children would come and open, like, they wanted to look. They, they were so curious. They wanted pictures. People were wanted photos when I was trying to brush my teeth in between the train cars. I thought, no, <laughs> this is... Just wonderful. I don't didn't write about all of that, but funny things like that happened that I thought were extraordinary. And oh, ever you want want a picture with me? That's okay, no problem. <laughs> I was it was just just kind of fun. things have changed though since I traveled since I started writing the book. There have been a lot of cultural shifts in India. I think a lot of things that certainly that's reflected in in cinema in television and cinema and indian cinema there's much um i just remember we were told you know you can't kiss in public you can't hold hands but now now i'm watching i know this is a digression now i'm watching cinema where um you know people are are living together and their parents are even encouraging them to live together rather than go through the traditional, you know, arranged marriage. So I'm, I'm just watching this cultural shift. This just, it's, it seems like it was happening at, in a rapid pace. No, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. You, you're, yeah, social I, media uh, is, uh, it, it is accelerating all that. Uh, I think, I think we can go to the next uh, segment of this session, which is, uh, which is called the world of W's. World of W's is nothing but, um, uh, what, why, when, like the W questions, and it would be more um, like a rapid fire round. Mm -hmm. If someone, uh, if the listeners could not sit through the entire session, they could just scroll down here and get to just of what we've spoken till now. Yeah. Uh, so my first question for you on this segment would be, uh, what were the uh, most used apps when you were recording or editing your podcast? The applications like the softwares. Oh, the software. Um, I use uh, Hindenburg. Just first okay. of all, I started using Audacity. That I I tried GarageBand and I thought you know because I use a Mac. I didn't I didn't really want to use GarageBand and then I used Audacity, but it's got a lot there and there's a lot you can do with it. But I found that Hindenburg was a much more user friendly software i know people use you know um what adobe there's the adobe um you know, people are using a lot of other softwares but i found hindenburg worked pretty well i also i, I try um i did not go with my the my podcast host is captivate there's been a tremendous amount of of the development in with the podcast hosts that i've seen have been phenomenal i mean the 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 features that the, my podcast host are offering now is just extraordinary. I mean, I'm not even using all of the features that that I can can use. Um, there's another program that I use called Descript. It's Descript, mm -hmm. but Descript, and I use that. 
I've been using that for, I upload the recording and print out um, a whole, the whole pod, you know, the, the transcript. Then I can go through that and Descript allows you to edit as well to, to delete words. So if you delete the word that's on the screen, it's deleting the audio. So you can, you can get rid of the ums and so ums. It, it gives you the uh, transcription uh, automatically. It gives you? It does. It does. Um, how, does and, it, how does it recognize the different, I mean, differentiate the accents? That is a problem because it is not, the AI is not sophisticated enough now mm. at this point to mm. recognize. I, when I have interviewed Indian authors, you know, I know I have to go back and change some things because it's not, I think that over time the, 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 that yeah. won't be an but because I can see that this, the level of just the level of sophistication with artificial intelligence is, is so. Really how how has uh, social media helped you promote your podcast, your blog? Um, well, for one thing, when I put a link up, people go to it, and actually, twenty percent of I don't have a huge audience, but twenty percent of my listeners are in India. No, 10% are in Bollywood and books. That's what well, I don't know if they listen more than once, but 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 it's interesting to me that that I have readers, you know, listeners in, in India because and of your 10%. Bollywood and books, the title yeah. Bollywood and books, which I think is wonderful because I really hope there is an audience for my book. Someone, someone in India may want to read. Definitely, they will want to absolutely, read. Absolutely, absolutely. So because it says Bollywood and books, do you interview, um, you know, directors and art photographers and everyone who's related to the film industry and the people behind books? Is that how it runs? I would love, first of all, I would love to interview some actors and, and directors. Um, and I know that right now, I don't know if, if you're familiar with Alka Joshi, yes, written you know, and the artist. Yes, and I, I interviewed Alka. Um, she's her third book is coming out, I think, this yes. spring in March. She, Netflix is creating, um, uh, I guess, a series based mm -hmm. on an artist. Perfume in Paris, right? And the perfume in Paris is that's the third. That's her third. third, third. Um, but. There's a director, Sri Rao, S R O S R I R A O, and he wrote a wonderful book called The Bollywood Kitchen before he started directing. I would love to interview him about the the book, The Bollywood Kitchen, because it there are recipes to go along with films. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really clever book, but I have had trouble finding. I want to find him now. Finding him or reaching. You know, I used to, part of my job was to, how do you find someone? How do you get to this person? You know, what's the level? How many gatekeepers are go are there going to be for me to do that? Uh, you know, even with, I felt like getting Alka Joshi, I started building, trying to build some credibility with with talking with people so that, you know, there's a legitimacy, I guess. Um, does that does that answer the question? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So when is uh, yeah. this book expected to um, reach the readers, your book? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping late January. I mean, the, the real, the, or early, or even close to Valentine's Day. But, oh, um, okay. So... So almost there. Okay. It's a kind of a love story, but it's not an happily ever after. I don't want to spill the beans, but I don't think every love story has to be a happily ever after. Of course, of course. We, most we, of the most of the love stories yeah. are not happily ever after. Most of exactly. them. Exactly. We don't <laughs> we don't think any love story is happily ever after. I think it's just that they stop it there. <laughs> no one goes beyond the happily ever after, I feel like. They just don't go exploring beyond that stage. That's, that's all. So 
No, I think you're right. I think that, I think you're right. I think, you know, first of all, relationships are the most baffling thing on earth. You know, trying to, you know, you've got two different people with two different sets of baggage. And that is kind of the premise of this book because the the character, Jesse, who is, is, is comes from a, a sophisticated background, New York, and traveling, you know, dealing with fine restaurants. And the and other character, <laughs> the other character likes likes um, wild camping. He doesn't mind sleeping oh. in a house on the beach with no running water, and you know, and getting kind of scared scared to go to an outhouse that's in the sand. No, in the middle of the night. Those are things that you know. He, that's fine. He's he's happy doing that. But she's the clash of the opposites. I think fish out of water story. So, when is your next audiobook due? Like, when are you releasing the next audiobook? I don't know exactly. I was talk like I said. I was talking with an author yesterday at lunch after we had a writers' meeting here in town. Um, and about a book that I'm going to send him a sample, let him okay. listen to the sample because I have to pitch it. I, I would like to actually, as I as I do my publish, I'm going to self publish my book. Um, mm-hmm. I just am at a point where I just am going to do it, and if anybody reads it, wonderful. If nobody reads it, that's okay. Um, actually, a lot of people who know me have expressed an interest in reading it. They, of course, yeah. I hope, I hope that they're not completely offended. <laughs> you know, but no, no, no. I think uh, pitch, you should like start pitching also for the screen as the book yeah. is out, because uh, um, ideas are ideas can reach people. You know, just ideas from the book. Um, and they will say it's a coincidence later, then it's better that you do it yourself, pitch it. I agree. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think uh, we've come to the end of the session. So if you could uh, let us know how you enjoyed this session and uh, if you could uh, give a few parting words to aspiring authors and podcasters out there, it would be great. Thank you. First of all, it's been wonderful to speak with you, Jay and uh, and Danya. I've really, I've really enjoyed. You know, it's isn't it a miracle? Well, it is that we're in so many different places in India, in Singapore, in the U.S. to be able to communicate and talk and share our love of literature, our love of books that we love reading. Reading has influenced. Our whole lives, it's been it's been our ticket to our every you know. It's taken us to so many wonderful places. So I I love the fact I love to read. So if you're writing, be a reader first. Yeah. Read, read widely, read everything. Uh, that's that's one thing that I would definitely say. And just write when you're writing. Just sit at if you. Don't just stare at the page. Don't worry. Just write something, even if it's garbage. Mm-hmm. Write <laughs> because we'll get in. It gets in. You get into the routine. I want to share a book that has was helpful for me. It's called The War of Art, mm-hmm. and it's by an, a screenwriter actually, uh, Stephen Pressfield. He wrote uh, the, the the movie. The Legend of Bagger Vance, which is actually based on the now I'm not going to pronounce it correctly. The Bhag- Bhagavad Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. Yes, in, in fact, the characters are based on Arjun, and I can't remember who else, but it's Krishna. 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 His, his books, his book or his film, um, Bagger, The Legend of Bagger Vance, because he's so he's so heavily influenced by. It, by India, by by Bhagavad Gita, yeah. That it's that was that was the way that he um, he developed that. The War of Art is about resistance, oh, okay. and I, that's the thing that stymies us. We can, 
you know, does that shelf need dusting? Mm-hmm. Doesn't the cat need feeding? Can I go make a bake a cake or make some soup or go to go get a paratha? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, um, because we get distracted, and and it's what he would call resistance. Because yes, the, the, yes. Sit down in the chair and write. One one program that has really helped me was there is a a marketing guru, Seth Godin. He has workshops called the Akimbo Workshops, A-K-I-M-B-O. That's how I learned how to, there's a new podcasting class coming up uh, with the Akimbo Workshops. If you have, if there are people who want to learn how to do a podcast, there there are lots of of uh, I guess online magazines or or things that you can subscribe to to find out what's happening in the podcasting world. Um, just I want to encourage people, right? You know, everyone. I think everyone has a story in them, and not to be afraid, just to do it. I. There's a little card that I had have that I've got to I have to remind myself it's don't be afraid to be seen trying. No, we we need to not be afraid to put ourselves out there and don't worry about what anyone else thinks. And that's a difficult place to be. But I lovely message you have left. Uh, thank you. Thank you so uh, much. Thank you for that session. Uh, memorable thank it's been. And uh, wish you all the best. And I want to see, meet you in Mumbai on screen. Netflix, I will watch. I think that would be fantastic. I would <laughs> love it. <laughs> as long as I can travel in an air-conditioned car, I have some air conditioning so I don't get <laughs> so, so it's not quite so brutal <laughs> in the and with the heat. Thank you, Buzz.